Welcome to the 30 and 30 podcast, where business owners and practitioners at the top of their game share the keys to their success with your host, Dr. Joe Simon. Welcome, everybody. Sure. To, oh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to 30 and 30. This is your host, Dr. Joe Simon. On the show with us today is Mustafa Hosseini. Mustafa is a clinic owner, but he helps clinic owners grow their businesses and spend more quality time with their family. Uh, Mustafa, great to have you on the show. Uh, so many questions for you just on that headline alone. But before we get started, can you just introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little about yourself? Hi Joe, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, my name is Mustafa. I help clinic owners uh, grow their profits so they can spend more time with their families. I've been doing this for the past 10 years. I'm a father, I love skiing, and I love spending time with uh, like-minded business owners and entrepreneurs. Awesome, man. Uh, Mustafa, fill me in. I might have made a mistake. Are you a clinic owner yourself? I am not, no. No, okay. How did, so how did you get into this? So over the years, I worked with so many clinic owners, and we've we've had such great success that I decided to just stick with clinic owners. Got it. And when, when we say clinic owners, because uh, I know you're in Canada, and I want to make sure yes. it's it's the same all throughout. Are we talking um, physicians? Are we talking about physios? Are we talking about chiropractors? Who, who do we who do we talk? So about? I mostly I mostly try to stick with. Uh, uh, Physiotherapists, uh, chiropractors, and dental clinics. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of like some of the common themes that you see among these guys? So most of these guys are trying to grow their business, and uh, most of them are looking for new clients, and most of them don't do a good job of client retention. It's common among almost all of them. Got it. So the, the the three things we're looking for new clients, keeping those clients, and what was the third one? What did you say? Uh, client retention. Client retention. Okay. Yes. Um, so is, is it, did I answer your question correctly, though? Yeah, I think I, I was just like, what, what's the most common things that you see among uh, among these guys, between the dental and physio and chiro? So you're saying everyone basically has the same kind of issue here. Which is yes. uh, attracting those clients and keeping those clients, right? Um, yes. So, what's the what's kind of the key? Because I, I know your your main thing is you you really help them grow their businesses. But what's something that you know? How do you how do you get them to do that? Because you know, even for myself, where I tell most most of my clients, it's always the same question. They're like, "Hey, I think I need more. I need more patients, right? I need more clients to come in the front door." And realistically, do they really need that? Most of the time, no. They need they need the systems fixed, or they need uh, you know better better you know retention systems, right? But there's so many different ways that they they could repair what they have currently, but they all want the same thing. They want more people. Absolutely. So what what I mostly focus on is client retention. Okay. And I would say eighty, 80 or ninety percent of businesses out there are somewhat ignoring their clients. So. Uh, they have a list of customers, people come and go, but they don't do a good job of staying in touch with them. And so they don't get recurring business or referrals from their existing database. So the key to getting more people through the door 
and have them come back is to do a fantastic job of client retention, nurturing the list, staying in touch, and teaching the customers how to refer us or how to refer you or the clinic owners. So that's what we focus on. Great. I love that, man. So, I, you know, concentrating on one thing, concentrating just on the, the, the retention of those clients, really taking care of them. Uh, what's, what's some of the strategies that you've seen the most effective? So there are three things that we should do or every clinic should do at a minimum. They must have a monthly newsletter that goes out, an email newsletter that everybody in the list receives it. And it doesn't really even matter if they open it or not. What matters is they see the name and they see that you cared, and cared enough to, to send them a, some sort of message. So all that matters is that they see your, your name and they know, you know, Joe sent me a message and they stay in touch. So monthly email and quarterly phone calls to the entire list with a script. So we would call the list and say, hey, it's me from, you know, ABC Clinic. And so I'm calling to see how things are going. You were here last month, you know, treating your knee. How, how is it going? Is the knee 100%? And uh, do, do, do you have any other pains that you are going through? So those phone calls happen four times a year, quarterly. And then one direct mail communication minimum per year. So it would be on the birthday or Christmas or some other occasion that uh, they receive something from you in mail. So one digital, one phone call, and one physical at a minimum. So um, the clinic owners that have implemented this strategy, the one, one, and one, how, how successful has it been for them? Well, the, the email strategy is once a month, basically, right? So that's once a month, and then they're getting four phone calls a year, and then one direct mail piece a year. Um, how, how have your clients seen a difference? So what we've been seeing is a about a 30% opening rate on the emails. And then most of the guys where we start with them, the viral coefficient ratio uh, is below 0.3. Can I explain that, what that ratio is? Absolutely, yeah. So viral coefficient is a ratio that pretty much explains how many new customers each of our customers can create. And that's the main KPI or key performance indicator that we follow. So ideally, we want to have a, K, a, a VQ of one. So each customer uh, brings in another customer in, uh, in about a year, year and a half. And uh, uh, we both know uh, uh, Dan Kennedy and his crew, right? Yeah. Now... Dan Kennedy in one of his books said that the fastest way to grow the size of a business and double the business is to have each customer bring in another customer. That's the fastest way to grow, and I agree with him. It is the fastest and cheapest way to go about that. Now, uh, with our VQ, we work on getting higher retention and more referrals. Now, as soon as we start doing this, the results are like, almost immediate, especially with phone calls. So most of our clinics that we work with or we start with are kind of ignoring their customers. So as soon as they start making phone calls and they start making, sending out newsletters and sending out postcards, customers come back. So that would be the reactivation kind of process. So 
out of every 10 calls that we make, we get about between two to four uh, reactivations, two to four appointments or referrals or a combination of. And then when we send out the uh, physical cards to people for their birthday, for Christmas and whatnot, people actually call back and they thank us. They're like, wow, thank you, thank you, you know, for thinking of me. That was really nice. And obviously that um, increases the chances of us getting recurring business from them and referrals. So it really does magic, this one 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 kind of system. Got it, got it. I really like how you broke it down. It's very simple um, of how it's done. So any clinic owner could just jump on it and say, you know what, this is this is something we can do. Because I know, look, most most clinic owners have, you know, dental is a little different. They do pick up the phone once in a while. But a lot of other clinic owners don't pick up the phone to make any type of phone call, right? They just don't do that, especially with uh, following up with their customer. The one direct mail piece a year, I think that's, you know, I've seen most clinics these days, they actually do a holiday card or they'll do a birthday card. So I think I've seen that on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. But the monthly newsletters is, uh, I, I mean, it used to be a fad a while back and then it fell off. I don't, I don't know if a lot of clinics are trying to re-implement that or not, but it, it is very effective when it's done correctly. Absolutely. And, and, and it's kind of inexpensive, too, to send the newsletter once a month. And you're touching base with everybody very quickly. And it's like the, the time spent on it is very low. And the returns on that is uh, pretty high with, with respect to the uh, investment that they have to make. But out of these three, phone calls probably have the highest return on investment. Absolutely. Have you seen a higher return if they've done if they used a physical newsletter, an actual uh, paper, you know, paper kind of newsletter? The old, like we mentioned, Dan Kennedy, the Dan Kennedy style, you know, where you get something monthly in the mail. Have you seen a higher uh, return? Have you tested that with some of your clients? We have tested, but well, mostly they haven't been able to keep up with the content creation demand. And so it is great. If they can do it, if they can pull it off, it's, if they can outsource it, it would be fantastic. Uh, but some of the guys that I work with, they get so busy with stuff, unless they have the staff to take care of that for them. Um uh, it didn't really work as, work as well. Phone calls really worked better than anything else, pretty much, in my experience. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that. The phone call itself is something because, you know, basically you're, you're keeping in touch with your client. You're having that conversation. So for reactivation campaign, that is something that's uh, obviously uh, Dan Kennedy has taught. Many others have taught that as well. But I really like how it's broken down nice and simple for someone to pick up and follow. What else can someone do that you think would be a game changer today for client retention? What is something that, that, that's been working for your clients, for yourself? What do you think that's, that's different? So another thing that we do is what we call, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, we do 80-20 analysis in our list. So if you list your customers by revenue for the past 12 months, and uh, you will notice that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we spend most of our time and resources nurturing the top 20% club members, if that makes sense. Yes. So 
if I know this person spent five grand last year with me and he referred another six people to me, then I know that I have to spend quality one-on-one time with that person, right? And then another thing that we do is we list and sort the list of our referral partners and see who has referred to us and by the quantity. And then we do 80-20 analysis on that list. And you will see that 20% of people on your list are referring 80% of your, of your customers to you. So those become um, another 20% club members. So 20% club members with customers and then referral partners, the top 20% of those. So what we do is we try to throw a, a VIP party with these top, top 20% club members once or twice a year, have them, you know, mix and mingle. Uh, you know, you introduce yourself and you establish yourself as an authority to bring everybody together. And then you nurture the list, you stay in touch with them, you keep them happy, and then you keep that going. That's another really good strategy for any, any clinic owner. I, I love these. I love these golden nuggets. As I say, they, these are great. I hope the listeners are really jotting these down because this really gives some insight on what you can do to not only client retention but also attacking those referral sources. But knowing which referral sources actually do the referring, right? Because we know it's not everyone that's going to be sending clients. Um, you know, I I read this great book, Giftology. I'm not sure if you've ever uh, uh, read this book, but they really talk about really getting in-depth with those referral sources and giving something a gift that they would use without your logo on it, without something that, you know, that promotes you, but really something that they would use so much that they think of you. The thinking is exactly what you said about your VIP. I love that concept of throwing the VIP party, right? Same concept, right? You're really taking care of those referral sources by not just showing up and promoting you, you're really saying, hey, this, this day is all about my referral sources. I want to take care of you guys. So really love sure. thinking there. For sure. And even with our referral partners, with our top referral partners, the clinic owner, the physiotherapist, or uh, your, your audience are mostly physiotherapists. Am I right or wrong? Uh, we have probably about 60% physical therapists. We have another about 40% physicians. Um, okay. Of all types of physicians, to be honest with you. So I just spoke, okay. I just got off the so, phone with a dermatologist a little bit ago. So we have a little. So let me use a. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no worries. And so let me use a physiotherapist example. If if you have three physicians that are referring you most to your patients, then you do want to spend one-on-one time with those physicians. Maybe take them out for lunch. Maybe take them out skiing or, or, uh, uh, you know, whatever type of one-on-one activity where you could. Get to really know them and nurture that relationship and encourage them for more referrals. And the return on that investment is exponential, basically. Absolutely. And I, I know a lot of physios these days are going to direct to patient concept because, you know, they they realize most of the physicians don't have patients anymore as well. What are your thoughts on that, Mustafa? So, so we do this based on, on, our, on our stats and numbers. Got it. So we go to the physicians that are actually referring us. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, if, if we got a starving physician that is not really referring to us, then, or vice versa, then you don't want to you know, spend any time on that. Absolutely. Basically. No, but I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is maybe I didn't phrase it correctly is, 
or I didn't phrase it good enough, is there's a lot of physical therapists these days, they're, they're not spending time going after the physicians. They're, they're kind of skipping that process, and they're, they're going directly to the patient themselves via Facebook, via community, community events. Um, what are your my, my question was, what are your thoughts on these physios kind of changing the game these days? They're not going to the referral sources as it used to be. They're looking for new referral sources. So I'd say going to the referral sources is going to be a lot easier, right? So going out to the customers, it is good. It's a strategy that they should do, but they should also have a strategy of finding a referral source that give him 10 referrals a month or 20 referrals a month. Give him or her, right? Yeah. Um, a referral source, if this relationship is established, which is a whole topic for another day, I guess, yeah. Um, it could be, it's like catching a fish versus catching a whale, pretty much. Like, people are going to physicians all day long. And a physician, I don't know, some of them see between 30, 50 patients a day, right? Yep. And easily a quarter of those people could have knee problems, neck pains, back pain, and all sorts of pains that need, say, physio treatments. So by not going directly to the referral source, they would be hurting themselves. Got it. I see it, that. It, it's a very big sin, big sin in our book. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so your clients, you make sure that you say, hey, listen, this is the best way. You're looking for kind of the low-hanging fruit concept. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the cheapest lead generation strategy. Basically, all you have to do is establish the relationship, nurture the relationship, send them some cards and thank you gifts and whatnot, and the referrals keep coming. So think about this. Going after new, um, new leads, going direct to customers, each customer will cost anywhere from two to $500, depending on where you're at and what strategy you're using, right? Yep. And then so... The referral could be maybe costing ten to thirty dollars per lead or per referral. Sometimes they're just free. You just have to like stay friendly with them. So it's a matter of twenty dollars versus two hundred dollars or five hundred dollars. Usually, cost of retention is about ten times cheaper than new lead generation, and that's why we focus on it. Got it. I love it. I love the way you kind of broke that down and how you looked at it as a, as kind of the, the investment viewpoint. So that's, uh, I love it. And look, I don't think there's a a hundred percent different, there's different uh, viewpoints from different consultants. I know that some people says, you know, they, they don't want to go the, the low hanging fruit. They try to go for the big win all the time. And I know you disagree and I, I disagree with that, but we like to give different viewpoints on the show as well. When we talk sure. about one of the uh, the differences that we can see in a, in a clinic, uh, one of the things that change the the game for a practice owner, uh, besides looking at the you know uh, referrals or the retention, uh, you also ta- you've taken a look at pricing, right? How have you seen your clients uh, adjust their pricing, or have you have you helped them kind of find the the best value for where their pricing should be? So the difference between value and pricing, and where we stand with that. Yeah. How do you how do you viewpoint? How, what's your so, viewpoint on that with your clients? 
typically I like higher pricing. I like to increase the prices. Some people try to compete on price and they're hurting themselves. Um, when it comes to a, a, a decision, a, a buying decision making, a buying decision, when it comes to a buying decisions, there are about 19 or 20 factors that affect a purchases buying, purchases buying decision. Does that make sense? Uh, so, somewhat. Let's, and let's, price, let's elaborate and on that. 19, one of, one yeah. of the 20. Okay. So there are 19 factors or 20 factors that affect someone's buying decision, and price is one of them. And at the end of the day, it comes to 80-20 principle as well. Um, price is only one of them, but most business owners treat price as if it is 100% of the decision-making uh, factor in there. Right. Yeah, I love where so, you're going with this. Keep going. Yeah. And then by focusing on the other 19 factors that help the customer make a decision to go with you, we kind of make price irrelevant. And so some of those factors include customer service. Some of those factors could be that if a referral comes in, they don't care about price anymore. Uh, they see a review from you compared compared to someone that doesn't have a review, they're more likely to go with you. Um, if you have a pretty strong social media presence out there, they're more likely to go with you. So we try to provide more value to the customer and maybe we'll throw in more package, a, a more better treatment, better customer service, we'll do a better follow-up with the customer and we charge a higher fee. Got it. I, I, I love so the that. Yeah, I love the thinking on that. And it was, uh, it's clear that obviously we always want to charge more for that service, but obviously the value has to be there as well. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and it's true, right? It's, it's one out of 20 things, but every business owner looks at price right away. And, you know, and that's the first thing they look because, look, everyone, I think a lot of um, practitioners in the health and wellness space, they they also have issues with money and they look at their mindset with money and they they probably even have said in the past I'm not comfortable paying this much why would I pay this much so you know obviously I know a lot of practitioners that I've worked with in the past have a hard time grasping that um, and doing a competitor analysis which I personally believe in to look at the mm -hmm. you know to see your own competition and yourself to see where are you on the scale right I mean that was eye opening for myself to see that hey look sometimes. You may think you're charging a lot, but your, your competitor might be charging way more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing that I love that Dan Kennedy mentions is that a business owner's sworn duty is to run and maintain a profitable business. Great point. It's, a, it's, it's our sworn duty. And a lot of business owners don't look at the profits. And they don't look at whether if I charge 80 bucks a session or 100 bucks a session, is that bringing me not enough profit to pay for everyone's wages, for everyone's mortgages, and put, put enough food on their table and be comfortable? So um, those analysis must be done to make sure that we do have enough profits um, to do that, to run the business, basically. I know a lot of clinic owners that are running on a 10% margin, which is not enough. Well, yeah, no, it depends on the industry, but I've seen uh, businesses run between 2% to 20%. Uh, 
Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and even that, you're like, wow, you can really make, you can even lift that up even higher if you do the right things and set up the right business model. But yeah, the ones that are not really getting it or they're having a lot of difficulties are around that 2% mark. And it's it's sad to see because they're realistically, sometimes their employees are making more than they are. And they're doing all the work. They're taking on all the risk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I was, we, we now religiously apply the Rockefeller habits in our practice and with our clients. Are you familiar with that? I am, but I would love for you to dive in on that a little bit so the audience can uh, hear about that as well. So the Rockefeller habits is a book uh, written by Vern Harnish that shares a system uh, on running and maintaining a business that has four components. First one is people. Second one is a strategy. Third one is execution. And the fourth one is cash. Now, when it comes to people, uh, the way it's set up is that everybody has a KPI. And uh, that is set towards the main company KPI or the goal. And each employee can explain uh, what they do and what, how their KPI is helping the company reach the main company goal. Does that make sense, or did that make it too complicated? No, I think I, I think that breaks it down. So I mean, to really, really uh, a KPI, you know, you're really looking at a key performance indicator. Uh, we're gonna break it down very simple for everyone, you know. So you you want your employee to really understand each aspect of your business and how they affect your business. And if you know what these, you know, I think I think Mustafa, what happens is a lot of business owners today um, they on, they honestly don't know what their KPIs are. Right. So, I mean, you have some that get it, they get a small concept of it. But when you ask them, well, do you know how your employee or your staff therapist affects your your business as a whole? You get a lot of blank stares because they've never even thought about that. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the Rockefeller habits are correct. But um, let's keep going. I like the people aspect. Let's get into the strategy. What's the. So what I was trying to get at is when you mentioned that. The owner is working harder than, or the, than the employees, and the employees are make, making more. Uh, one of the things that uh, Vern mentioned in the book is, in good businesses, the owner is working pretty hard, and the staff are oblivious to what's happening, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in great businesses, the owner is relaxed and comfortable, and the staff are working hard to help the company achieve its goal. And when I read that line, I absolutely fell in love with it. So by setting up the KPIs and, and, and letting everybody know what they need to do, making it clear to them what is expected of them and how what they do helps the company and helps everyone in the company to put pretty much food on their table, then the owner can, can sit back and have the team do the work. So he's not the, the hardest working staff on the team and he starts making more profits and margins on his business so that was part one part two would become the strategy where Vern talks about creating a one-page strategy where everybody can see the goal everybody knows the KPIs and we're all on the same page so that if there are multiple people or multiple teams inside a company it's not like everybody's going off on their own tangent 
and they're again oblivious to what's happening. So we're all on the same page and everybody has a copy of the goals. Mm-hmm. So that's part two. And then part three is running a, uh, ex- executing the plan. And what he really preaches in that section is running a daily huddle of 15 minutes, weekly strategy meetings, monthly management strategy meetings, and then quarterly meetings, and then the annual planning meetings. So the daily huddles, which we have been practicing inside of my company for the past 10 years, puts everybody on the same page and then makes sure that people understand each other and then there's no miscommunication. And then people keep going and they grow and they check the numbers every day, every week, and then the stats and KPIs of all the all the staff members and even the owners are on the walls. It's visible and people can see and relate to and everybody's accountable and things are clear. Right? Absolutely. And then the last part, he focuses on cash, on how we could maybe increase our pricing, which we talked about, to increase our profits. Maybe if we work on increasing uh, the number of days on account receivable, our accounts receivable, and because some some companies are like 30 to 90 days on the receivable site, right? Yeah. So one of the strategies that we did with one of our customers was we focused on more of cash customers versus insurance customers. So that we would get paid right away. We don't have to wait for 90 days and carry that cost uh, for 90 days until we get paid. Or 30 days or however many days uh, we had to wait to get paid. And there are multiple cash strategies that we apply to get that. So we apply these strategies religiously to make sure that the business is profitable. There is excellent communication and we are working towards a strategy and a goal that, you know, is achievable and we're working all together. Everybody from the CEO to the cleaning person, they know that's the goal and that's what we're working towards. Sorry, that was too long of an answer. No, 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 no. And I know how valuable that answer was and I just want to make sure the audience really got that. But to summarize, I mean, we're going to make sure everyone, you know, picks up the book Rockefeller Habits. Or it's on it's on Audible. So if you don't want to read it, you can definitely listen to it on Audible. And uh, I've listened to it more than, more than once because you get so many takeaways from it, right? Just getting Absolutely. the, you know, the, uh, you know, and I'm happy you said that you, you're doing the daily huddles with your staff for over 10 years. We've only been at it for probably the last four years, and it's made a huge difference in our business um, all across the board. So that's, you know, that's something that's very important. And having those KPIs so you can you can measure everyone, you know, basically having a scoreboard for them makes a huge difference in how your business Absolutely. is going to operate, right? So I really love it. Before we go, I just want to I want to get one more thing because you, you mentioned something, and I think the audience uh, is going to jump on me for this. You mentioned a strong social media presence. Uh, and we yeah. know every every clinic owner out there is they're all about social media now. They just don't know what to do. Let's get let's okay. give them a couple of uh, maybe two or three key points for them to uh, do something right away, and we'll wrap it up. Okay, so mostly clinic owners and business owners are wondering what they should talk about or what they should post about. So here's a quick solution. What you need to do uh, or what you want to do is pick up the phone and call 10 of your customers 
10 people and ask them the following questions. So by asking these eight questions, you will know exactly what their challenges are, what their fears are, what their frustrations are, what they want, what is the dream result that they're after, and how you can support them. Okay, so you call your customers and you say, when it comes to uh, my service or product, or it could be physio, or it could be uh, a physician or whatnot, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing? Or it could be like, when it comes to treating your neck uh, neck pain or knee pain or back pain, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing? Second question, when it comes to my service or product, what are the biggest fears that you're facing right now? Then whatever they tell you, you want to write it down word by word as they tell you so you know their language, right? Okay. Then the third question is when it comes to my product or service, what are the biggest frustrations that you're facing right now? So they'll tell you that, oh, you know, I don't know who to go to. I can't walk. I have a hard time with my medications. Whatever the frustration is, you want to write it down or type it down word by word. The fourth question is, the fourth question will let you know exactly what they want from you. So it goes something along the lines of, when it comes to my product or service, what do you want to have in place to overcome these challenges, fears, or frustrations? Mm, Got it. So, So they will tell you, I want to have this, I want to have that, I want this service. Or another way you could ask is, what type of service would you like to receive to feel supported enough to overcome these challenges, fears, and frustrations? This question will let you know exactly what they want, right? So you're not guessing or you're not assuming what they want. They tell you exactly what they want. And then the, the, the last question is, when it comes to my product or service or when it comes to, your, to the pain that you're experiencing, what would your dream result look like? Or what would your dream day look like? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you type it down, they'll tell you my dream day is so that I can ski on my broken knee, maybe I can go wakeboarding, maybe I could go to the beach, and maybe I could go for a hike. However that dream day or dream result looks like, they will tell you. Now, what you could do now is you have a long list of topics that you can create material and social media posts about. So... And then here's the subject, three ways to fix this challenge, how to overcome this frustration. Here's how we dealt with this fear, right? Now you could create a video about that. You could write, you could write an article about it. You could uh, write a newsletter about it and then post it on your social media. And because these topics are exactly what your people want, they are a lot more likely to be engaged and, uh, you know, start engaging with your content. Absolutely. That was a long answer. No, it's a long answer, but I didn't want to stop you because there's such good information coming out. So um, giving them exactly how to build up the content was uh, was a key takeaway. I love it. I love the thinking behind it. And uh, it's very useful. I mean, like, 
it's stuff that I think you and I take for granted after so many years of marketing and running businesses. But I think for someone that's just starting out and somebody, you know, some physicians that are just trying to figure out social media, then I just not good with it. But now that they see how simple it really is, it really is just having a conversation with, you know, your, your prime audience member. Right. So, or your prime, uh, prime, prime client, I should say. So, I mean, absolutely great stuff. Mustafa, thank you for joining us. But before I let you go, where could uh, people grab more information about you and uh, your services, and how can they get in touch with you? So they can visit our website at persayo.com. It is P-E-R-S-Y-O.com. Or they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a message, and I would offer your audience a half-an-hour uh, free coaching session, or let's just get together and talk and see how we can help each other. And uh, we'll take it from there. Absolutely awesome. Super generous of you. I appreciate that so much for the audience. So once again, guys, if you're, if you're looking for Mustafa on LinkedIn, uh, it's M-O-S-T-A-F-A is the first name and last name is H-O-S-S-E-I-N-I. And the website is uh, P-E-R-S-Y-O dot com, com. So just want to make sure everyone gets that contact information so they can get in touch with you. Uh, amazing information today, uh, Mustafa. Absolutely fun, t- fun talking to you because it's just like I'm listening. You know, it's it's always good when you talk to somebody that loves marketing as much as I do. So it's awesome. always it's an easy conversation. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thanks for having me. It was lovely to chat with you, and uh, thanks for uh, the time. Appreciate it. As always, and for those listening, make sure you touch base with Mustafa. Give uh, take advantage of that thirty minute free uh, consultation and learn as much as you possibly can. Uh, enjoy enjoy having you on the show, like always, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Appreciate. It.